0: Free weed
1: Free weed Danny Danko on the Normal Radio Free weed Free weed
0: Danny
2: Danko come to show you how we crew You're now tuned into Free weed from Danny Danko On Normal Radio Presented
1: by High Times Magazine Simiase, boom bang Big respect
2: Simiase, Danny Danko
0: Thanks again to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for that song, Free Weed, from Danny Danko, which actually is now available in its entirety for free on SoundCloud or as a download. So uh, please, people who are asking me on uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff, you can get that song on your phone or uh, any other device there. Uh, At SoundCloud And we'll have the link for that in the text for the show Anyways uh, As we wrap up last year This show Episode 12 Is going to discuss You know Some of the highs and lows Of 2011 Right Mike Uh
1: yeah, that's right. Um, we're starting 2012 with episode 12, but we want to take a look back at 2011. We're going to ask you some uh, questions about it. Yeah, get your take on uh, what you thought was uh, good and what you thought was maybe not so good.
0: Yeah, and also you know just uh, to lead into a lot of good that's going to come in 2012. So uh, we also have all our great cultivation information as usual. We're going to do our whole grow segment and. Uh, We've got great interviews, actually. Too. We've got Scott from Rare Dankness. These guys, uh, this guy won the Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam for Sativas, uh, the actual first place award, uh, out of nowhere, out of out Colorado. Of I got to hand him that cup, and that was. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some breeding stuff and tips on growing. Uh, we got Rob Cantrell on the show, comedian Rob Cantrell, whose uh, record Keep on the Grass is available on iTunes, and who will be hosting our uh, event in LA. Our Los Angeles Medical Cannabis Cup, presented by High Times Magazine. That is coming up February 11th and 12th. Wow. Can you believe that's less than
1: a month away? Yeah, I'm actually I'm flying out there in uh, two weeks. Oh, so, man. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, right around the corner, be, but it's going to be a great time. I all, mean, my LA. Southern, all
0: my Southern Cali
1: people, definitely come out
0: for that. Get your tickets online right now. Uh, the event is at LA Center Studios. Um, Saturday and Sunday, February 11th and 12th, and I'll be there. We're doing a grow seminars. We're doing, uh, we'll have booths, all kinds of stuff set up. A prop 215 area. Uh, I'm doing my grow seminar, I believe, Saturday, and then I've got a grow panel consisting of some interesting people. We've got Kyle Cushman, uh, We've got Swerve, who was on the show, uh, the last show. And we've got Andrew D'Angelo and Rick Frommer from uh, Discovery Channel's Weed Wars, the guys at Harborside, um, the buyers there and the general manager of, uh, you know, one of the biggest dispensaries in California. So they're going to talk about what they look for in the marijuana they're purchasing for their patients uh, from the buyer's perspective. And then we're going to talk about it from the grower's perspective and see if we can, uh, you know, just teach people how to improve the quality of their uh cannabis
1: now it's going to be great nico's going to do a seminar we're nico's going to have seminars a, right after that actually yeah, sunday, a legal so panel and a medical marijuana panel it's going to be a great time a special vip uh musical performance on saturday night and then mm-hmm. the awards on sunday you should definitely come out if you can check out medcancup.com yeah and uh all the info is there
0: yeah and uh we also have our sponsors still with us, which I just think is just amazing. And they've gotten some really great pe- feedback from from listeners. So we're excited about that. Ontario Seed Bank up there in Toronto. Uh, Richie's there right now ready to sell you guys seeds. So uh, stock up and get planting. Uh, and BC Northern Lights, the grow boxes from Vancouver, Canada. Those guys, uh, they create uh, these boxes, all-in-one kits, Uh, Where basically if you get the seeds from uh, Ontario Seed Bank and you get the grow box from BC Northern Lights, you can be dealer-free in no time at all, growing your own high-quality cannabis. You'll know everything that went into it, and uh, it's quite an experience. It's a lot of fun, and those machines are very automated. Everything is very intuitive, so – Uh, There you go. All you need for free weed. Ontario Seed Bank Seeds and BC Northern Lights uh, Grow Boxes.
1: Actually, uh, let's learn a little bit more about Ontario and the uh, deal that they're offering right now. Cool.
0: Hey. Just wanted to mention to you guys again, Ontario Seed Bank is our sponsor for the show. And these guys are right here in North America, North America's first and only legal seed shop. These guys will give you free delivery on orders of over 25 bucks. So check them out. They're on Lakeshore Boulevard in Toronto, Ontario. You can drive up there from pretty much anywhere in the northeast um, Phone number, 416-255-5355, and their website is OntarioSeedBank.ca. You can see what they have. They've got a bunch of TGA, uh, Subcool Seeds. They've got all those uh, top 10 strain winners, Wild Rose Seeds, Ontario's Best, and bonus special for free weed listeners. They've extended this offer another week. 50 skunk diesel seeds for $100. That's 2 bucks a seed. You got to mention Free Weed to get that deal even if you're getting some sub cool seeds. Mention Free Weed to them. Mention that you heard of Ontario Seed Bank through their involvement with this show. And like I said, they've got Jack the Ripper, Crazy Train, Cheese Quake, Plushberry, all the great sub cool stuff. They've got deals on all kinds of stuff and they're right there in Ontario in Toronto. So Canadian owned and operated. Check out ontarioseedbank.ca and give him a call. Tell him free weed and Danny Danko sent you. All right, welcome back to episode twelve. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Mike. Uh, what do we? What segment are we doing now?
1: Well, you know what? Uh, if you follow this podcast at home, uh, you probably know that we like to do uh, questions from the audience in the Dear Danko section towards the end of the podcast. However, uh, this week we got a question from one of our biggest fans. I would say probably yeah, uh, Mr. Jake, Jake Baked Baked 420, 420. my four twenty on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and everywhere. Yeah, well, he he asked uh, what our favorite moments from uh, two thousand eleven were. And you know what? I thought that deserved its own segment. So stick around. We're still going to do a and a We're still going to answer all your grow questions at the end of the show. But right now, we'd like to talk a little about the year that that just passed, 2011. Yeah. So what I thought we would do is I would throw a couple of uh, questions about 2011, the best favorites, those kind of things, and you give me your opinion on them. Cool. All right, us yeah. do it. Well, uh, let's start with uh, – what was your favorite issue of high times in 2011? Hmm, favorite High Times issue. I think I gotta go with
0: December 2011. It was the Top 10 Strains issue. I just, I like the cover. I think it really pops real good with the red, white, and black. And uh, I wrote the Top 10 Strains of the Year article in there. I got to uh, talk about some of my favorite varieties from the year, which was a lot of fun. And uh, Global Harvest Report, which is always. Always a blast, um, tons of grow stuff in this issue too a lot of uh, Nico went to amsterdam and uh, and talks about how a lot of the best pot over there is grown and yeah, I just I thought everything about this, even the the interview with Harry Levine um, was really cool too because he talked a lot about New York City and some of the individual sort of issues we have here in new york with marijuana law and policy of the nypd and stuff so yeah all in all i I would have to say december of uh of 2011 is my favorite issue
1: that was a solid issue for sure. Yeah, the Global Harvest Report and Top Ten Strains, always a fan favorite, so right yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Sean
0: Paul is in there. We, it, it's just, it's packed with a lot of great photos and great information.
1: And we don't, we don't do covers like that very often with the different buds on it as opposed to one plant or one dry, you know, bud. it's, it's several.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think you can almost, it almost feels like you can pick these buds up right off
1: the cover <laughs> and smoke them, so I, I like it a lot. I like it turns that. out you can't, but it does, no. it looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to uh what was your favorite strain from last year?
0: Favorite strain from last year? I really got to go with the Kosher Kush. I just think uh between the Denver Cup and and the uh and the Amsterdam Cup, I think the DNA boys just really killed it with the Kosher Kush. Uh won won numerous awards. It was in those I think it's in that top 10 strains thing and uh yeah, those guys they just keep killing it and yeah, I got to go with Kosher Kush, man. That's the one that made the most noise uh, at, at at the different events that I was at, and
1: yeah, uh, DNA did pretty well at the uh, Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam.
0: Yeah, not bad, and that one actually did take first place uh, of the Indica uh, Indica Cup. So, all in all, uh, nice to have the Kush finally make it over there to Amsterdam. You got uh, swerves, you got the DNA, uh, TH seeds have a, a, a Kush now too. So they're, they're you know they're getting that strain over there, and they're they're working with it and, you know, taking something that used to just be handed around as clone only and actually creating seeds of it, which I'm really excited about.
1: Yeah. Just one more shameless plug. Uh, the DNA guys will be in LA for the LA cup. They're going to yeah. be participating in that uh, yep. competition. So that's Absolutely. exciting.
0: Yeah. Very exciting. They always, they always uh, have great entries and you know, good dudes to hang out with too. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, let's move on here to uh, – and I think I know the answer to this one. I, I feel like we've discussed it on the show previously, but <laughs> just to uh, make sure, what was your favorite moment from wow. 2011? <laughs> if you had to pick one, long year, but yeah, favorite yeah, moment.
0: I think it's got to be uh, the Denver Cup uh, when I got to give uh, Kid Cuddy the award for, uh, for his actual Doobie Award that he, was presented to him uh, on stage. And then he you know he told a, f- a funny little story about uh, the song he was about to play, and he pulled me up there and uh, you know really got the crowd revved up and it 's definitely one of the uh, one of the you know highlight uh, experiences of, of that kind that i 've had and uh,
1: yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean we might
0: even have audio of that right
1: we do, but before we play that, let me just say how cool that moment was. I was on stage with you That's as, right. as, as you were I, was, I was filming. And it wasn't even involved. It had nothing to do with me. Kid Cudi was not wrapping his arm around me like he was you. He wasn't uh, talking about how much I meant to him as he was with you. And it still, for me, was an amazing moment. Which either proves that that moment was exceptionally cool, or my life is very boring. It's one or the other. I don't know. It was
0: it was it was something special for me for sure. I mean, the crowd reaction and the things that he said that uh, you know, nice words about uh, supporting him and and. You know that he that he would say those things was very cool for me, and it was yeah wonderful
1: experience. Well, yeah. So let's listen to just a little bit of that real quick. Cool. I want
3: you to stand out my My first album came out before before it came out before anyone heard it. I went to high times to play it for Danny and his staff because I wanted a real stronger opinion. And I'm this next specific record here is just like. Yeah. 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 That's just crazy. We yeah. yeah. okay, okay, got silence. And all of a sudden. We got pissed. Not a So I want you to stand by my side when this song comes off. Ready? 50! Yes, ma. Yes,
0: Pretty exciting. <laughs> the crowd. I don't know. People. It's hard to explain, but you can actually feel the energy of the crowd. Kind of this, not just the screaming, but the actual like airflow of just their energy, and it it's, it it can knock your socks off. It definitely definitely gave me a, a, an idea of what it's like uh, to. You know, to be a performer and 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 what, ha, what, why they're so attracted to being on stage and and all that. It was really cool and it, very nice of uh, Scott uh, Kid Cuddy to do that for us and and bring me up there and say all those things. So thanks.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, Cuddy. Very cool. All right. Well, moving on here. Um not your favorite issue, uh, December two thousand eleven, chocked full of great stuff. What was your favorite article? What do you think the what article was the best one that you wrote in two thousand eleven? Two thousand eleven. Wow. wow. Uh, I like my my additions to
0: the Seed Bank Hall of Fame. Uh, that would be what was that? The June two thousand eleven issue. I uh, started this thing in like oh seven where I put ten seed banks and I made an article called the Seed Bank Hall of Fame. High Times, you know, Seed Bank Hall of Fame, which. You know, started off with ten companies. We put five other companies in there that ha- had been defunct at the time, but had a huge, uh, you know, impact on that early seed scene in the um, 70s and 80s out of Holland. And then uh, in 09, I believe, I got to add another 10 seed banks to it. And this, you know, in 2011, I got to add another 10. So now there's a total of 30 plus those original five. And actually, being it's being turned into a uh, microsite for our website, the High time Seed Bank Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, so definitely that's is.
0: cool, and and you know I got to put in people like Cali Connection and Mandala Seeds, and um, just some cool seed banks that uh, Dynafem, of course, we'll we'll talk about that them in a little bit. Magus Genetics got to add uh, some banks that I felt were deserving. Um, Chimera, Mister Nice, of course, you know had to get in there. Uh, Banguru, homegrown Fanta Seeds, and a longtime seed producer. Seabank Hall of Fame is, is always
1: always fun to do. Very good. All right. Well, we got a little more time. Let's, do, let's just do a couple more of these. Sure, you sure. Know, we don't want to – all right. Uh, we travel a lot now. That's sort of what we do. We were in Colorado. We were in San Francisco, Amsterdam, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit, uh, all over. And you, in addition to the Cups, travel for stories. Right. So uh, in 2011, of all the trips that you took, what was your – what stood out? What was your favorite trip? Hmm.
0: Well, it's got to be Basque country. Uh, it's in Spain. I had a feeling they- you
1: were going to say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's got to be the Spain trip, uh, although they don't can really consider it part of Spain. Uh, technically, it is part of Spain, and it's the Basque country. I went to uh, San Sebastian, uh, flew into Bilbao and drove to San Sebastian and got to see uh, a lot of the greenhouse growing that they're doing out there, a lot of the seed production that they're doing, companies like Dynafem. Uh, which is a great company and, and uh, very amazing, very big with the uh, the autoflowering and the feminized stuff, um, and you know they they're one of the biggest out there uh, doing that. And so I got the the t- grand tour of uh, of you know not just the city of San Sebastian, but a lot of the the growing up going on up in the in the mountains and the hills and. You know, Basque food and wine and everything—it's all very amazing—and and I just think that they have a unique take on life and living and liberty and cannabis and um, yeah, you gotta love it. I, I could live there <laughs> if uh, if I didn't already live here.
1: Yeah, what a terrible <laughs> trip for you! All that sunlight and wine and beautiful people. And- yeah,
0: yeah, it was great. It was great. It's a beautiful town with a lot of great history, and I think the Basque people. Uh, you know, deserve all the credit because they, they really have carved out this amazing life for themselves out there. So it's, it's cool. I love it.
1: Very nice. All right. Well, uh, you know, sometimes – You can surf there too. There's like there regular surf And surfers.
0: you do surf. You are a surfer. The, I have try. Seen you I'm, you're, I'm you're... trying to learn how to surf. I'm um. actually not a surfer at all. I'm,
1: I'm more like a buoy. <laughs> Folks, I, I you, get
0: in other surfers' way. Yeah, i a kook. He
1: actually does look a bit like a buoy with a beard. So yeah, there you yeah, go. But
0: I'm trying to learn. We go out to Rockaway Beach uh, when it's not too cold, and and uh, you know maybe maybe we'll take a trip out when we're out in LA. Uh, you and I will hit the Huntington Pier or something, or uh, ride up to Malibu and paddle out.
1: Well, you you can do that. I'll wait on the beach for you. And get a little <laughs> get a little color over there. Um, all, right. all right, so. You know, sometimes at the end of the day, it's nice to unwind in front of the TV. I know that there are a few shows you like. Uh, Boardwalk Empire, I think, is one. I love Boardwalk and,
0: Empire. Yeah. I love uh, uh, what's the uh, Game of Thrones. I, I like right, that. Right. And uh, Workaholics. I don't hear enough people talking about Workaholics. This show is very, very funny, very stone oriented. Uh, you know, these guys are, are, are guys you know if you're, if you're anything <laughs> like me. And so the, it's uh it's a that's an entertaining show that people. Uh, I, I just don't hear the buzz about that as much as a lot of other other shows out there. I love the sh- the one that Cuddy was on, uh, Once Upon a Time and uh, no, how, how to Make, how to it, make, make it in it. America. Yeah. That was good, but it got canceled for some reason. I guess HBO wasn't pleased with it. But uh, I thought that was great. There was a lot of uh, you know positive cannabis usage. On but so, but well.
1: workaholics uh, stood out for you most in yeah, 2011. Yeah, I
0: mean, I liked workaholics. I, the new Curb Your Enthusiasm's were great. I, I you know, uh, that that that's the ones that did it for me.
1: All right, cool. And we're running a little long here, so we'll just do one more, last one, uh, the best of uh, 2011. Let's talk politics. Give me a best and a worst from wow. 2011.
0: I guess the best has got to be the governors petitioning the White House. Uh, Basically, to either reschedule marijuana or uh, come up with some kind of policy so that states with medical marijuana laws can uh, continue to pursue uh, medical marijuana without threat of the federal government coming in. So that was cool. I mean, sitting sitting uh, governors, Washington
1: State and Rhode Island? And Rhode Island, I believe. believe. Yeah. And I think actually uh, just recently two other states joined in that call. So, yeah, that is building.
0: Yeah, I honestly do think that there is pressure on Obama to ease up on the uh, cannabis thing, and we might we might see the the fruits of all that labor in uh, in the next year or so. I hope.
1: All right. So, what was the worst? What was the worst, worst? political moment of two thousand and eleven, in your opinion?
0: I think it's got to be Jan Brewer, right? That's Jan her Brewer. name. Brewer, that in, is uh, the governor Arizona. of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, basically filed suit against their medical marijuana law.
1: Yeah, hung yeah. the whole thing up. Uh, it, it prevented the dispensary system, the voter-approved dispensary system taking effect in Arizona. And yeah, she, she filed a uh, lawsuit. And uh, it was mostly, I think, uh, a fear in her mind of uh, the state officials being prosecuted federally for implementing this system. But really, it was a way to delay the just voter everything. Yeah, absolutely. But a bit of good news. The judge just recently, in the last two weeks, threw that. That suit out of court. Uh, The ACLU filed a petition to dismiss, and they did. So we'll see if that will lead to the dispensaries being implemented, but good news in that regard. Well, like
0: I was saying earlier, I think 2012 is going to be a big year. we got an election year. We've got uh, some great sensible Oregon and all all kinds of great things going on, Uh, Massachusetts, Colorado, uh, Oregon, uh, Washington. Uh, some really good initiatives out there, and if you haven't already joined Normal, if you haven't already uh, signed up for Normal Women's Alliance or MPP or SSGP, if you're still in school, join these, th- these things. Put your name on it. Put your name down on the list, and we will prevail sooner. If you haven't done it yet, do it in 2012.
1: we gotta, we got to stop there, but let me just say this. Jake JakeBake420, you just got a whole segment.
0: Yeah, sweet <laughs> man. That, yeah, he does a lot to help us out and promote. And like you know, uh, we love our fans. We're very happy to have people out there that are so dedicated that listen to, listen to the podcast and keep keep wanting to, to hear more. And we'll keep putting them out if you guys keep uh, keep asking for it. We love it. So I guess without further ado,
1: yeah, well, we're gonna be back with Mr. Rob Cantrell. Rob Cantrell in the studio. He's right behind us right now. Say hi, Rob. Hey guys.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll be, be
1: back, back with Rob. Free We will be
0: back with Rob uh, Cantrell. Hey, listeners. It's your host, Danny Danko here. We are so excited to have a new sponsor, B.C. Northern Lights out of Vancouver, Canada. These guys make grow boxes. They manufacture them from start to finish. They've got a grow box for every need. They've got nurseries for clones. They've got the mothership for mo- mother plants. They've got all kinds of drying equipment as well. Give them a call, 888 236 1266. That's 888-236-1266. And you can check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. These guys are five-time High Times Stash Award winners. They've been on the cover of High Times. We've done articles on these grow boxes time and time again. They're really top of the line. There's touchscreen technology and all kinds of amazing uh, kits and caboodles that they give you with all this. And again, they have a special deal running. If you mention free weed to any of their salespeople here when you call for a quote, they will give you free shipping. This is a limited time offer and we're talking about a lot. That's, yeah, that's a, a lot. big deal. Yeah. It I costs mean, a lot things, of money to ship
1: those things. Yes,
0: yeah, it does cost a lot of money to ship these things. It's definitely in the three to $500 range typically. So you're going to save yourself that money. And yes, these machines are uh, pricey, they're in the thousands of dollars but if you've got money on your credit card they pay they pay for themselves within a harvest or two, so really if you just get those, get some seeds and get growing, within basically two to four months, you should be paid back for your bloom box and you should be swimming in free weed so check them out, BC Northern Lights 888-236-1266 and bcnorthernlights.com we can stand behind all our sponsors Thank you very much everybody. That was the best ofs from 2011. We're excited to bring you that and I'm also excited to bring you one of my best and most favorite comedians of 2011, Mr. Rob Cantrell.
3: Oh, thanks Danny. That's I really know. kind. Thanks did for I... having me here guys.
0: Yeah, man. You've been on the show before I think uh, at least one time, right? We did, we did a little bit, a couple of bits there. Yep. But, uh, yeah, welcome Fan back. Fan of
3: the podcast. Thanks for doing it. It's oh, right. cool, informative.
0: Yeah, free weed, man.
3: Free weed all day, every yeah. day, man.
0: Who can, who can reject free weed, right? You love free weed, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love and, free weed. And when you're touring uh, around the country or, and the world doing comedy for people, um, do you typically find now that they know you're kind of like you know the pot guy that you'll get a little free weed here and there?
3: Yeah, from if you have a good show. <laughs> oh, it really depends on uh, – <laughs> Yeah, it depends how, on how, how good the what show you ends. And it, it definitely depends on what state you're at.
0: Right, right. So, um, so Cali typically uh, is probably pretty prodigious.
3: Yeah, Cali, it's kind of – yeah. And You just around. did San Fran. You, uh, uh,
0: you did a big uh, New Year's gigs in, uh, in San Francisco, right? And that's really your, your big stomping ground there, right?
3: I did do gigs there, and I did live there for a while, and I started comedy there. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. I love the Bay Area. I love San Francisco.
0: Now, you worked there even before Last Comic Standing. Is that where you kind of, like, did your first open mics and and gigs and stuff?
3: 1999. Wow. (laughs) Another summer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nice. Get down
3: to the funky drummer. (laughs) Uh, That is P.E., but uh, no – yeah, that was that's when I started, and I started. Yeah, I was an East Coast dude, just like you. I was from D.C. and Virginia, and I always wanted to do stand up. And this was during like the dot com boom, and I was right out of college, and a lot of my friends had jobs, and there was a lot of couches to crash on. <laughs> and stand-up, doing stand up comedy is really hardcore and pretty brutal. And I wasn't a dumb kid. Like I knew it was going to be that hard, and I knew it was going to be. You know, I knew I had to go somewhere. That I had to kind of live that broke artist life in a way. Like pay in dues. order, to, you got to commit. You know, and pay dues, pay dues, and learn learn and how to do stand up. Being funny is great, and that's you know. That's the key, but there are, you know, with any performance and art form, you got to pay dues and yeah. understand the game, you know. Well, and that's where the, you learn. You always have a place to learn. Everybody's got the funny buddy,
0: you know, but not that doesn't mean that person can get up on stage and uh, perform and do, you know. They act should. In front I of think people. everybody
3: should try it at least once. Yeah. I, well, I, I, enjoy, I got to I try it, it with the
0: uh, the Bobby Black roast. Yeah, I got, you got
3: you got a little bit of I the got juice a taste, at the roast. I mean.
0: Now, how do you avoid sort of being pegged like just the pot guy? I mean, you, I you try can... hard
3: not to. Right. You know, I, not I to would say, say not. Lady. I think you got to be yourself. I think comedy, the best comics are themselves. And that's what I'm trying to do every day. And that's the hardest thing to do on stage. But I think where the pot comes in, everybody knows my stance. I think my fan base and the people that are paying attention. Right. Know that it's just a part of my life and how, you know, and what I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to be honest, you know. Right. Uh, well, on
0: that <laughs> note, too, uh, you're you're keeping the marijuana logs thing alive. now. This... Exactly.
3: I do love playing that play. And that play was dope because when I was starting out in San Francisco, that was a headlining play. I kind of saw it from its formation with Doug Benson, Arch Barker. Those guys were really senior comics and, and Tony already was doing on that as well. LA and already, like, doing gigs. And it was Tony. And Tony Kameen, Kameen. who's also a San Francisco comic, and I knew them all individually from stand up comedy right and just knew them all pretty good and good over the years got better and better and then Doug asked me to fill in. For Arge a couple times when he was in Australia or whatnot, mm-hmm. and then I just started doing it from there. But I love the play, and the play isn't hackney because it's an easy subject. Well, but uh, it's they, those guys wrote smart jokes. You know, it's ever always, evolving
0: too. I mean, there's you can, you can riff and you can do. Uh...
3: We got a ton of new material. We're going to Reno in March. I wanted, and also we're doing Brooklyn in January, Sweet. like in that's like the Bell nine House, days. Right? Yeah, the that Bell House. A, that's a Brooklyn. nice
0: comedy room right there, right? I mean,
3: beautiful. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's a rock Club, but they're doing more and more stand up out there. Yeah, um, I, mean, they, I know Eugene Merman and Louis C.K. Yeah, Amy like,
0: Sedaris does stuff there, and yeah,
3: you know, and also huge. a bunch of bands. It's like a, a barnhouse space It holds like 350.
0: What, yeah, what date is that?
3: It is January 20th,
0: so it's going to be Marijuana Friday with you,
3: with me, um, Tony Kameen, Tony? one of the original writer who lives in Brooklyn, and he's awesome. He's sick stand-up, but also just one of the original writers and laid back. And and then we got Bruce Cherry filling in for Doug. And Bruce is a comedy writer. He's a nice. hired, like, comedy writer. Wow. And he's But he looks like Sideshow Bob. He's really funny. <laughs> and he's just a goofy guy. Mike, you met him. Like, he's just pure, this guy is pure goofy. Nice. And fits the mold of the play. The mold of the play is not as, the subject at hand is pretty heavy-handed. But we, the man of monologue is really light-handed and just really just goofy good fun comedy but it also just kind of that's how i see it get normalized you yeah, know that's absolutely. how my i mean i aspect. got to see it
0: with tommy chong and there was you know grandparents in the in the crowd just laughing at laughing Yeah, at
3: man, we've done weird like we, it plays the range of between comedy clubs to like theaters. We played like this weird, uh, no, not weird, but the Shakespeare Theater in DC and there was all uh, an older theater crowd, like old ladies <laughs> and they loved it. And wow. this old lady came up to me and told me, like the straightest old lady came up to me and told me about how she trip acid for a week <laughs> <laughs> and had like She she had the best time of her life. she never done drugs and never did pot, but she got to do acid, and she did that once, and that was (laughs) enough for
0: her for the rest of her lifetime or something. Wow.
3: Uh, But she was funny, and it plays to all ages.
0: Well, you're also going to be in L.A. with us in February. That's February – 11th and 12th in Los Angeles. I'm excited about that Cannabis Cup. We're doing a medical Cannabis Cup in Los Angeles for the first time with High Times Magazine. Rob's going to be the host of that. Um, Yeah, man. L.A., I'm excited because... You know, there's that eternal battle, you know, between NorCal and Southern Cali, where you know oh, we got the kish, well, we got the perps, and we got this, and we got that, and it'll be nice to just finally put the SoCal thing to the real test, you know, with all the lab results and all the, um, oh wow, you know, real kind of hardcore judging.
3: Oh wow. So that's heating up. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a tight event, or it's all California good? Oh, it's going to it be great. Is it all
0: avocados? It's going to be great. It's going to be real interesting as far as uh, you know all the different cushions that you're going to get. Thank you so much, Rob. No um,
3: problem, man. It's all house good to wrap in out. Brooklyn,
0: January twentieth. Uh, MarijuanaLogs.com, Marijuana uh, LA, with us at the Cannabis Cup in February, February eleventh and twelfth. And uh, and that Marijuana Logs gig you were talking about. But people can check out robcantrell.com to find out more, right?
3: Yep, for Perfect. sure.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks for being on the show.
3: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Great man. job. Right on. One love.
0: Yeah, peace. Uh, coming up next, we have an interview with uh, Cannabis Cup winner Scott from Rare Dankness. Now, interesting story, and we'll get all into it. He won the Cannabis Cup pretty much out of the blue in Amsterdam this year, out of Denver, Uh, rare dankness with the moonshine haze. and We'll talk to him all about that, what it feels like to win for the first time in your first year entering, uh, and uh, we'll be back. Talk to you soon. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Free Weed from Danny Danko. I have a very special guest on. Right now, uh, we have Scott from Rare Dankness. Welcome, Scott.
2: Hey, guys. What's happening?
0: <laughs> right on, man. Thanks a lot uh, for coming on the show. I know you're, uh, you've been real busy lately, and uh, I guess one of the reasons for that, I would imagine, would be that you won the, uh, the first place uh, Sativa Cup in Amsterdam this year.
2: Yes, yes, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely increase the sales with yeah. the uh, with, with the cannabis coupling.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, uh, and it was the Moonshine Haze was the winner, right?
2: Yeah, Moonshine, hay, moonshine Haze. Moonshine Haze, nice. Uh, one, of, one of our Amnesia Haze crosses we do
0: yeah well, that's awesome and uh congratulations again. I know uh one of the highlights of my cannabis cup actually was being able to hand you that uh, <laughs> that award over there because uh you know I knew how hard you worked to get there and I knew it was your first time entering and I just thought that uh you know it was it was a special story in a lot of ways, and I had written about you um or you had written about yourself, but I had uh sort of edited an article that you appeared in in August issue of high times um yeah and so i kind of felt like hey that's kind of cool man like uh you know at that time there was really no uh big major awards or anything and then here the guy goes and uh, wins himself first place in amsterdam against the big boys which um like i said when it happened to you i think uh you know you just put yourself on the map
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was uh it was pretty stunning i uh i've i've gone back and watched the youtube video of the uh <laughs> Of the award, and yeah. uh, I mean, honestly, man, I don't even remember that two or three minutes that it went down. It was such a uh, such an adrenaline surge. Um, so
0: you were kind of in shock.
2: Yeah, totally in <laughs> shock. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge honor. Um, I mean, I've been reading High time since I was a kid. Uh, I've been looking at that cup for over a decade. You know, dreaming of the day that I could possibly have my own, and then uh, to actually win one. Um, I mean, you know, living the dream. Huh, I mean, can't, that's can't, awesome can't be better than
0: that you know that's awesome well it was a pleasure to give that to you and i'm sure as you're listening and you hear the third place announcement and then you hear the second place announcement you know you're kind of like oh well you know it was, yeah. you know and then boom it's your name you know and everybody kind of even in amsterdam i felt like even the crowd would kind of had this like collective gasp of like uh
2: yeah Ooh, like who is that like, yeah. you? you know like
0: we they know their competition, they know you know who they 're up against uh for the most part, and then to have somebody come out of the blue um you know out of Colorado just to show up and uh and take something like that i mean that's that's something special the only other time, I remember something that dramatic was when Big Buddha came from the UK and won with the cheese around uh, 05 oh five yeah. or oh six, I think, and I got yep. to hand him that one too as well. And uh, I could tell you it was an it's an emotional moment when you hand someone their first cannabis cup because, um, you know, for me personally, like I I know that that you know what that means not just to that person but to cannabis. You know, I mean that's forever and that goes down in history. Yeah. And people, you know, your life is going to change from that and a lot of other people's lives are going to change from that and the quality of their cannabis is going to improve and just being a part of it in any way on my part is is a blessing. And then having that experience of being able to feel, you know, your first kind of, you know, shock and reaction (laughs) to it, it's pretty special too. You know. Yeah, you
2: can. Uh, if you go and watch that video, you hear that big old rebel <laughs> yell, the big hoot I let out, and I think you cackle about halfway through uh, <laughs> through reading the thing because I'm hooting and hollering so much. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it, you know, I've worked. I've worked really hard for the last decade and a half, and you know, fortunately, with what has happened here in Colorado with the medical marijuana scene, um, it's given me a platform to, to really do some, you know, legitimate work and and not have to you know stay in the basement or hide in the shadows like right. uh, like a lot of people have to yeah um, which
0: is a sad thing but actually um one of the interesting things and and we wrote you wrote about this in august was um you know you originally were were part of the devil's harvest crew um, yep. which if people can remember back uh, to the days of overgrow.com uh, and all of that—that that sharing of information that went down at that time in in the uh, you know later half of the '90s, mid to later half of the '90s—really did change cannabis forever. And 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 uh, you know what the DHK Devil's Harvest crew was able to accomplish um, during that time is pretty amazing, as far as uh, you know the amount of of strains that were shared and the amount of yeah. uh, genetic information and. Uh, yep. You know, breeding information and uh, you know, good male genetics, good female genetics—all those things that improve the gene pool—and really wouldn't have been possible prior to the internet without uh, some pretty, Not at ser- all. yeah. So, you know, and it's it's interesting that you know, you, having come up in that kind of world, um, you know, prior the the basically, I would say like you know, there's like before overgrow and then after overgrow. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, people kind of went their, their separate ways, but everybody, you know, ended up with better genetics and, you know, some of those people, you know, are still, you know, plugging away as well. And, and so, you know, those things, um, run their, you know, their gamut and then, you know, people end up with their keeper strains and it's, it's just nice that, uh, that story was able to be told and also that, you know, you were able to come out of that and,
2: you establish
0: something for yourself as well
2: yeah man um i kind of call that time well not the devil's harvest time but just in the the past few years where everything's kind of come above board with the med scene um you know i I refer to that as coming out of the basement and uh you know coming out of the basement it was a it it was a big thing i mean to be part of the devil's harvest crew for uh, as long as i was um i was the i was the number three guy um on the dhk and uh you know what we accomplished at that time was just while we were living it um you know we knew it was pretty special we knew it was pretty spectacular we knew the risks that were involved um but i think we all we all really held in our heart that if we did this properly and we got all the genetics into these different pockets around the world that you know it would make the uh the climate towards you know cannabis a, a little less aggressive and you know, one of the things I can honestly say is everywhere where there was a major DHK member back in the day, um, it's a huge medical marijuana uh, community nowadays. So, uh, you, know, we, we, I can, you know, I can honestly say we did change, uh, change the genetics within this country and, and within, you know, quite a few hot spots within the world. Right on. Uh,
0: we are talking with uh, Scott from Rare Dankness uh, Seeds. And now uh, where can people go uh, to find out more about uh, Rare Dankness?
2: Um, RareDangus.com. Uh, we're redoing the website right now it's uh like everything it's it's having a new rebirth uh, for the bigger bigger company that we are now um pretty soon you'll be able to source uh, right now you can only get rare genetics within the state of Colorado uh, as a med patient um, but we are going through setting up our our, our gardens and our business in uh in Spain right now, uh, I'm running to, to, to Spain at the beginning of next month to finish all my uh, my visa stuff and all my paperwork and business like stuff <laughs> and all that. So,
3: nice. uh,
2: pretty soon you'll be able to find re- uh, RD Genetics, which is our global version, um, through uh, the Seed Depot and Attitude Seed Bank and a bunch of other places.
0: Cool, cool. Well, uh, uh, mo- the Moonshine Haze that comes out of uh, you sort of being known as the Moonshine Man, right?
2: Yeah, back in the day, for a long time, I was known as Moonshine Man. Um, you know, you, you still find me poking around on the internet a little bit as Moonshine, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I typically don't hide behind that as much nowadays. Uh, everybody knows me as Scott from Irvinga, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's just as big of a name, it seems like. Right. Um, Ooh, cool. But yeah, it, it, it was, uh, you know, years and years of collecting hazes. Uh, I've been friends with Soma and uh, Shanty Baba for a bunch of years, and uh, you know, growing out a lot of, of really great genetics and then collecting uh, clone-only varieties from here in the States. Uh, that Moonshine Haze is just a nice blend of Amnesia Haze, Neville's Haze, and the uh, the original E32 Arcata Trainwreck. Um, real, real powerful sativa, long flowering, uh, nice electric, heady high.
0: Now, would you say that you pretty much specialize in sativas, or do, do you have a pretty good bank of indicas as well?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not... You know, I guess what I would say I'm known for is old school or elite genetics. You know, I hold uh, hold a lot of stuff, not just hazes and sativas. I mean, I hold all the cushions. Um, You know, I have the complete collection that that Swerve has. I mean, Swerve was not a DHK member, but he was one of our buddies that we traded a lot of stuff with. So, a lot of what Cali Connection has, we hold. Um, And then I've got some old school indica stuff like, uh, you know, the old uh, cat pisses and hash plant uh, one and, uh, Williams Wonder. I mean, we, we're we kind of known for just kind of holding all the greatest of the great cuts. And, wow. uh, and we like to tinker with them, you know? Yeah, and um, now, we, how
0: do you... What, what's your criteria for choosing males for breeding purposes?
2: Um, well, I, I'll say first, first and foremost, I have to like the female. You know, I'm not going to use a male that I don't like any of the females of. You know, like, <laughs> I just... Uh, I've never done that. You know, the the female version of the plant um, has to have some appeal to me in in high or flavor or uh, structure or flowering time or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after that, um, like I said, like I was saying, I I usually choose uh, males. um, Like when I have a group of 10 seedlings growing out, if there's one particular plant, that's just a star the whole time. Like, it smells good. It's got beautiful structure. Um, it's got great vigor, and it just so happens to turn out to be a, a boy. You know, when you when you flip them, um, you know that's a that's a good a good quality. You know, something that has you excited about that plant. You know, um, in my 15 years of breeding, I've only selected about 20 males. You know, wow. um, you know it's not something you do every day. Like you know, it has to be a male that speaks to you. Um, one of the biggest things that to choose a male of is if you ever have a male that produces resin um you right. know that's a, that's a gra- that's a great unique trait don't don't let that guy go you know keep keep him around um, and, you know one of the nice things that we we have nowadays is here in Colorado we have a bunch of uh uh testing facilities and we work hand in hand with one of the the larger ones um to uh to test our males and to test our offspring and you know, to at least look at it from the from the, uh, the science side of it as well. Uh, that hasn't really gotten us anywhere yet because we're just in the, uh, you know, the infancy of looking at the data. But, you know, at least we're trying to look at the data.
0: Right, absolutely. Well, that's, it's important, definitely. And the more labs, the better, I think, at this point. Uh, and I think the calibration of things is getting better as well. So that's pretty cool. Uh, as far as um, pollen collection and... Um, you know, when to pollinate females if you could just elaborate a little bit on those two things real quick.
2: Yeah, man. Um, One of the best things I've ever found to collect pollen uh, off a male plant is to to get your old x-rays. If you ever have a chance to, you know, have an x-ray and you can get your hands on a copy of the film, um, that really nice, thin plastic uh, paper that the, the film comes on you can cut a, a slice into that film, <clears throat> cut out a little hole in the middle, and uh, use it as kind of like a dog cone around your around your mel plant at the bottom. Tape it into place and use a couple stakes. So as the uh, the pollen starts to rain down, um, you collect it in that that dog collar, um, and just can scrape it off and uh, you know store it. Uh, I typically like to store my male pollen um, if I'm not going to use it right away. I put it somewhere dark and cool. Uh, if I'm going to store it for a little while, it'll go into the freezer.
0: Now, um, as, uh, as far
2: as, yep. yeah,
0: Yeah, no, as, and then as far as, uh, you know, how many weeks or days or so typically into flowering do you apply pollen?
2: All right, um, yeah, know, well, I'll go ahead and say on the male side of it, males will start dropping pollen. Uh, I've seen as early as 12 to 14 days in the flower once the life cycles change. Um, they'll continue to drop pollen and make sacks all the way up until day 40 or 50 if it's a, a long flowering male. <clears throat> uh, for me, I personally like to flower uh, or pollinate my females somewhere between day 24 and 30, um, depending on the strain. Uh, some of the haze varieties get, it get, or sativa varieties get pollinated a little later, like 45 days. But, um, yeah, within that 24 to 30 day, um, the day 24 to day 30 uh, window, the females are at their, you know, they're kind of their their most readiness. The resin's really starting to pick up on the plant. They haven't really uh, started to to form, you know, dense calyxes just yet. They're really just putting on the pistils. And if you hit them in that time frame, you get less green seed and white seed. Um, uh, you know, as the as the bud matures, and you get these really nice dark brown seeds that are protected within the bud.
0: Cool. Well, oh man, that's really amazing information. And th- thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I know, you know, a lot of people consider some of that, uh, you know, proprietary sort of information, but you, it seems like you come from, uh, sort of a new breed of breeder in some ways in that, you know, you're sharing information, um, sharing some of this, uh, parent stock and, and, uh, basically sharing knowledge. And I think that's really great. That's what this whole show really is about. It's called free weed because we're not afraid. We're not afraid of the prices going down. Um, You know, I still think about the farmer and, you know, what it, you know, what it costs to, to run a farm and, and what, you know, all of that is always um, factored into whatever the price of a product is. But I think that prohibition has us looking at these really incredibly high prices. And um, I think the things that you do uh, and I try to do with the show is to share uh, you know, great genetics and great information without, you know, charging people too much, but, uh, you know, basically what it's worth. And I think uh, that makes it something special. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show. I wanted to um, get back for just a minute to uh, winning a cannabis cup. I mean, I know you mentioned that it's very <laughs> exhilarating and everything, but I can't, you know, let it go without saying that it's very rare for somebody on their first try to just show up uh in Amsterdam and go up against you know, we're talking about you're up against sensey seeds, serious seeds, TH seeds, DNA, um paradise. My heroes, man. You know, all the you people know, my, who my, really my. like I mean that's the Seed Bank Hall of Fame, you know, and and, yeah, the, and they're, you're they're, up against they're the them. Grains. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean even Soma, your your buddy, um, you know, you're up against him and, and I, I think I remember when he saw the uh the moonshine haze. He said, "Wow, I'm in trouble."
2: <laughs> yeah, his uh, he th- he actually said an expletive, an and then he uh, he looked at me and he said, "I'm I'm up against this this year, Scott." And I said, "Yes, sir." And he was like, "Damn." <laughs> you know, wow. so,
0: yeah, that's um, and that's a beautiful know, thing. Yeah, yeah, that but, is a beautiful thing because um, it just means that everybody's stepping up their game. Uh, and everybody's out there to try to get that award, and for you to show up there, you know, first time out of the gate and take it. I, I'm just, I'm psyched for um, Colorado, and I'm psyched for you, and and I just think uh, maybe well, you, you could expound. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I'm still, st- I, I'm, you know, I'm
2: still stunned. I'm- you know, I've, I've been part of the, the culture for a long time. I did a bunch of, I mean, I've been to the cannabis cup a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, as a younger person before I even started growing, we were sitting around at one of the cups and, uh, uh, Arzen said, you know, flat out, he's like, I believe if." uh, you know, the world had better access to, you know, different strains of cannabis, not just stronger cannabis, just, just all types of varieties from everything from the sleepiest indica to the speediest, you know, sativa. That we'd see a lot less hard drug use and alcoholism within the world. I mean, that was profound to me. It was like, okay, I mean, at that time, I knew a little bit about herb. I knew there were some, you know, there were some, you know, good, dank herb. There were some, you know, some, some good, kind buds that were out there, but... You know, I really hadn't explored all the different, you know, locales of, of land race varieties of, you know, that, of getting into hazes or pure African varieties or, or pure ties. Um, you know, it, it made me want to, you know, really expand on where I was at at that time in my life. And I can honestly say that, you know, cannabis has kept me away from a lot of prescription drugs that, you know, I, I you know, I, that I've been Not prescribed by my oncologist or for you know psychologist or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's it's kept me sane for a lot of years, you know, and it's kept me you know know, on a very straight path, you know. Like I I I fell in love with this plant a bunch of years ago. I made a promise to this plant a bunch of years ago that you know I'd do everything I possibly could to see it legalized, and. You know, I've been I've been following that path for a decade, and uh, you know, to win the cup, I mean, I'm I, I still I'm stunned. You know, like I get people coming up here to me to me in Colorado and giving me hugs and high fives, and you know, get, giving you the rock star treatment. And you know, I'm I'm just a I'm just a grower. You know, like I've been a grower for a bunch of years. I'm a, I'm luckily I'm lucky that I get to grow for a bunch of great facilities here within the state, but you know, at the end of the day, I love this
0: plan. You're obviously doing something right. And like you said about what uh, Ariane and, and them were talking about is that it can change the world. And I think you have changed the world. And that's a pretty special thing. And uh, I look forward to the future, man, because I know you're coming to L.A. You. Um, and you're going to be yeah, competing yeah, we're, in that uh, event as well.
2: We got some real special stuff planned for California. We know nice. it's going to be the... Uh, the Kush scene out there, so all three of my entries have deep Kush roots. Even my Sativa entry, um, even though it goes freaking eighty-eight days, it is a it has, has a little bit of Kush in the backbone.
0: Perfect, perfect. Um, well, I'm excited about but, that as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But
2: yeah, man, we're we're excited. You know, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of my friends from California, and I'm sure there'll be some people that pop out of the woodwork that I'm not expecting, but uh, I look forward to it.
0: Well, thank you very much, Scott, for being on the show. Thank you so much for what you do, and uh, keep on keeping on, man. I'll see you in less than a month or so in Los Angeles for our Cannabis Cup, and uh, thanks a lot, man.
2: Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care, man. All
0: right, well, uh, if you guys want to know more information, check out raredankness.com. Uh, We will be back in a little bit with our strain of the week and our Dear Danko questions.
1: Hey amigos, Nico Escondido, cultivation editor of High Times Magazine here. Are you tired of searching textbooks to answer one little grow question? Do your eyes hurt from hours in the grow room under those grow lamps? The last thing you want to do is pick up a book and start reading. We have the solution. I'm proud to introduce to you High Times Presents Nico Escondido's Grow Like a Pro DVD with an easily searchable menu of over 60 DVD chapters covering indoor, greenhouse, and outdoor cultivation. All shot in HD, this unprecedented, never-seen-before footage of America's top medical marijuana production facilities includes all the tips and tricks you need to get growing. For more information or to buy this DVD, check out www.headshop.hightimes.com.
0: All right, welcome back. Thank you very much, Scott and Rare Dankness. Check them out, raredankness.com. Um... What are we doing now, Mike? We're doing the strain of the week. It's cultivation time. Strain of the week. Well, I actually mentioned this one earlier when we were talking to Scott. The Big Buddha Cheese. Um, The cheese from Big Buddha Seeds. Uh, I actually did get to hand him his canvas cup for this strain in 2006. And that was quite an experience as well. Cheese... The uh, first year it came out was like, I think, 04 and uh, took third in the People's Cup with really no promotion or any kind of hype, which was pretty amazing. Um, so what Big Buddha did – and uh, Big Buddha, Milo, Mike, if you guys know him, a uh, really interesting guy, uh, um, a Chinese guy that uh, grew up in Birmingham, England, where Ozzy Osbourne is
1: from. Tremendous accent. A tremendous really, really accent. Enjoyable.
0: Difficult to understand sometimes, but very funny, very uh, gregarious, very interesting guy. Um, he took the original British clone-only uh, cheese, which is a real, real popular, very indica-dominant uh, sort of strain in the UK, um, very popular uh, all around uh, England. And he found he used a pure Afghan father and then specially selected the uh, resulting seeds for taste and high and yield. Uh, and then he back-crossed those for a couple of years until he – got something he felt was stable enough to put into the market and that was this big buddha cheese um great great strain short flowering time really like seven eight weeks uh sometimes a couple phenos go maybe nine weeks um available at big actually and he recommends when you're growing it just use a soilless mix uh with cocoa worm castings and back guano to bring out all the pungent and funky flavors. Because when you do get a hold of the cheese and when you're growing it too, it really has a very unique uh, taste and smell. And that's why it's got that name, that cheese. It's that real uh, Afghani, you know, indica pungent uh, aroma. It's real, real unique, real, real great. And the way it grows, yeah, you, very, you know it when you smell it. You know it when you smell it, and you know it when you smoke it too. I got a funny story about the cheese actually. Um, one, one year, I think it might've been '05. Uh, we were leaving Amsterdam. Cannabis cup was over. We were doing that last, uh, last smoke out before we go to the airport at a coffee shop. It's not even there anymore. I don't think, uh, very near the airport, about five minutes away. So I had saved this nugget of cheese that, uh, big Buddha gave me, uh, for this moment. And then we smoked it in that coffee shop. And from being five minutes away from the airport, We ended up driving around the Dutch countryside for about 45 minutes trying to find the airport, watching planes land in (laughs) front of us, but not knowing how to get into the airport. So we almost missed our flight back, actually. Uh, Craig, uh, our IT guy, was there and a few other people. Uh, And so that's the story of the cheese. I mean, we got lost on our way to the airport, which was five minutes away. And we we were being driven around by people who knew exactly where they were going. But... Apparently not. Not after smoking that cheese. So that's that indica, you know, immediate kind of uh, power that it's got.
1: All right. Well, very cool. The cheese is the strain of the week, and you can learn more about the cheese and all of Dan's uh, strains of the week at HighTimes.com. Go check that out.
0: Yeah, it's up there. There's a photograph, beautiful photos of all the strains, uh, contact information, lineage information, flowering times. Uh, and all all the descriptions. These are pretty much straight out of the, out of my book. So we've just been releasing them one week at a time. And, and so if you're
1: patient, you don't even need to buy the book. <laughs> you just look at iTimes.com, We'll give the whole thing away. <laughs> don't tell anyone though. It's a yeah, secret. But
0: by the time we give them all away, I'll I'll have added a whole bunch of
1: new ones. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's move on to uh, the cultivation topic of the week.
0: All right. I think I think we're going to talk this week about. Uh, basically different ways of pruning, training, uh, trellising, things that you do once you have a plant growing to increase your yield. At that point, the genetics is predetermined. uh, Whatever lighting and air and soil is all there. Uh, The only thing that you can really do to boost the yield, if all other conditions are met, is these various techniques of pruning. And these are done during the vegetative stage. This is something you don't want to do uh, as you approach flowering. But what's good is uh, I always recommend a longer vegetative stage. So it gives you the opportunity to do this sort of thing. So if you have a good month that you know you're going to be vegging your plant, which means that you're giving it uh, 18 hours or more of light per 24 hour period, that way it'll stay in its vegetative stage and you can use these techniques. Now, a lot of people talk about pruning, uh, which actually would mean like, you know, cutting pieces off the plant to create new, uh, new nodes and new sites uh, for for new branches, and and that works, and it does work. And if you have the time, uh, you can do that, and and basically you're mimicking uh, the bonsai technique at that point. Uh, anytime a new shoot comes up, uh, you cut it, and it becomes two, sometimes three. And then as those grow out, you you trim those and you're creating a very short, bushy plant in that way in order to increase the amount of yield you'll eventually get by by creating a bunch of tops and a bunch of branches. Now, another thing people do is the femming technique, which actually stands for fuck, I missed, (laughs) which just was somebody who was trying to prune but missed uh, and just sort of pinched the top of a growing shoot uh, allowing that shoot to stay alive and the other sh- the other ones that would have come out, the two or the three, sometimes four or five new shoots will come out using this technique. And it's basically uh, just a trimming technique uh, uh, where you just pinch the very, very growing tip of a new, young shoot. And hopefully that shoot stays alive and the other ones pop out. Um, Kyle Cushman's the one that sort of discovered that from one of our readers. And, uh, upon testing it out, you know, we figured out that, uh, yeah, this thing works, man. Um, so that's good. And then the other thing I would say is training. Um, if you can take the, the top growing, um, top, basically your main growing shoot and somehow weigh it down or bend it so that it's lower than some of the shoots that are coming up below it. Uh, people use anchors and not anchors, but, you know, like little fishing lure, uh, uh, weights and stuff like that to just weigh it down, tie it around it and weigh it down. So it goes in sort of like a S formation. Uh, and that way those other branches, uh, receive auxins, which are, uh, messages that the plant sends, uh, back and forth to let it know what's going on that. Oh, you know, that top branch is now gone. In, instead of growing in a Christmas tree sort of shape, your plant will grow more in like a, a hedge row, like a bushy shape with a lot of different tops rather than just that one main top. And this is great for outdoors, this is great for indoors. And basically, it really just involves a weight or a rope or some kind of way of training that top to hang a little lower than the branches below it. And then all the branches benefit because they all become tops. It's as though you cut that top off. That's what the plant believes. But you haven't cut it off, so you get the benefit of that growing shoot as well as the many others that will then grow up out of that. And I guess the third uh, major thing about this is trellising, and that's when you have all these branches. You know that eventually when they fill up with buds, they're going to be very heavy, and that it's going to weigh down on on the the branches that you 're growing when you have that many start for- forming buds and, and uh, expanding out and getting heavy so trellising is a way to keep those branches standing and so they 're closer to the light if you 're indoors um, so they 're not you know touching the ground if you 're outdoors or uh, you know being shaded out because they 're hanging real low and so what you would do here is you take chicken wire or you take fencing or you take any sort of thing. Um, You can even create this with string, um, but it's a grid pattern, and as the plant is growing, as the shoots are growing, you're training them into this grid pattern so that where there's empty squares, you're putting tops in that square and and another top in the other empty square, and as they grow out, those squares uh, will secure those branches and keep them from falling down. Keep them close to the light, and you'll have a, a much bigger yield indoors or out if you use some form of trellising. In order to basically makes the plant neater too. A lot of those tops will will be up at the top. You can much more easily trim off the lower growth and increase the amount of growth that goes to your your big main colas. So um, that's pretty much. Pruning and trellising and bonsai, all, all the things that you can do with other plants, you know, you can do. Like uh, think of mother plants as a cannabis bonsai. Every cutting that you take off will create two new shoots or more. Uh, so you can actually form and sculpt your mother plants so that they're not these big behemoths, but they're actually short, bushy plants with lots of cuttings that aren't uh, – you know, taking up a a, bit, a ton of uh, square footage in your you know vegging area, and then you can get clones off those plants anytime you want and grow them out, and you're not really even beholden to any sort of uh, seed company or or dispensary for your genetics. Um, all right. Well, let's get into some questions here. We've got some grow questions,
1: Mike. Uh, we do. And as always, you can have your grow question answered on Free Weed from Danny Danko. If you uh, hit us up on Twitter, Dan, what would they do? Tweet me at Danny Danko. No underscore, no nothing. Just one
0: word: Danny Danko. At Danny Danko. You can put the hashtag Free Weed. Uh, you can tweet at High Times Mag. There's underscore uh, High underscore Times underscore Mag. Uh, as well, I'll get and those. Of course,
1: don't forget me, Mike Hughes. Mike underscore Hughes, <laughs> underscore.
0: Why is your underscore after your name?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand Twitter. Very quirky. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got a
0: Facebook page for the site too. We got a. Uh, we got. We're growing in popularity on Facebook. We've got a bunch, uh, hundreds of of people liking us on there, which is really cool. We put the episodes up there, and you can share them with people on Facebook. That would be awesome. Anything you can do to help us out. Uh, to promote the show would be well appreciated. Well, you got all those options, and of course, <laughs>
1: if you're a traditional person, you could also email us. We actually have an email question today, so nice. you would send that to edit at hightimes So that's how you get a hold of us. And uh, once you do, this is what we do. Uh, here we go. First question. Uh, this is actually a, a kind of a long one. So Trees 420 Podcast uh, writes. I know from your podcast that you've talked to Dr. Grinspoon and have mentioned the strain as well. Could you talk a bit more about the strain and its unusual characteristics? What makes this strain go maximum potential? What do you think, Dan?
0: Well, uh, it is indeed a very interesting strain. We've had it on here as uh, the strain of the week. I think probably in the first or second episode, I think we did Jack first and and, uh, Grinspoon second. That's right, yeah. It's an extreme sativa. It takes a long time to flower. You really don't get a lot off of it. It's all these very tiny sort of wispy buds. Um, Definitely not a grower's uh, ideal at all. But that extreme sativa of it makes it an amazing plant to smoke for the connoisseur. So if you're growing uh, for a specific ailment or if you're growing for a specific – if you really like sativas and you like that extreme, uh, uplifting, sort of electric feeling that you get, I, I think you can't go wrong with the Dr. Lester Grinspoon strain. I think that's, uh, yeah, it's Barney's Farm uh, that offers those seeds. And yeah, it is extreme. It's nothing to write home about even in the looks department. It's really just these tiny, wispy things. But when you smoke, when you break it up and you smoke it, you really understand that extreme sativa power. Uh, so I really like it, and I guess if I was going to talk about it, I would tell growers just to be very patient with it. Uh, don't overfeed long-flowering sativas. Just you know, keep them happy and healthy, and um, don't expect too much of a yield, but what you do get out of it, uh, whether it be for medicinal patients or uh, the real sativa connoisseurs,
1: will absolutely appreciate it. There you go. So uh, not much to look at necessarily, but definitely worth the uh, worth the wait. All right. Uh, let's go to the next question. We actually – you know what? We get this a lot. A lot of people uh, want to know the answer to this. So uh, VinMasters17 tweets, what would you prefer, a volcano vape or a nice tall bong? Wow.
0: Good question. Um, I really prefer the volcano vape to the bong in most cases i probably prefer a joint to both <laughs> to be honest i'm a i'm a joint smoker i like my joints but um yeah i like really? the, volcano. the volcano i, like, yeah, I, like I was s- not
1: expecting that I, I see you far more often with the bong
0: well yeah i mean i guess you know because of the convenience of it and uh um you know sometimes we yeah i So so what's the deal
1: there? Is it a health thing? Do you feel better with the vaporizer? I just
0: a lot of times bong hits will give me like a coughing fit, or you know, I just it's harder to monitor how much smoke you're taking in with a bong hit. So I can if you overdo it with a bong hit, it can be bad. But uh, you know, with a with a vapor bag or with a joint, I feel like you know it's just easier to monitor how much you take in. And I like to sip my weed. I don't like to guzzle it in that way. So. Uh, it's easier for me to sip it off the bag with the volcano or just
1: with a joint, you know, and I like the communal aspect of passing around a joint. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's weird though. Around this office, I would say that that is a minority opinion. Uh, uh, yeah. Basically, you know, we did that vaporizer review not too long ago, and uh, people were turning those vaporizers up to five hundred degrees just so they can get that smoke feel. That's really <laughs> what everyone here is into. But yeah, so you like the vaporizer? Very nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with the volcano digit. All right. Well, you it set you back uh, about six hundred dollars. Would probably yeah, be the well, big thing. But... That's
0: true. That's true. You have to. It's a big investment, but yeah, well worth it, I think.
1: Well, actually, though, uh, in case anyone uh, is interested, we do have uh, vaporizer reviews up at HighTimes.com. So, you know, if you're interested in a vaporizer but maybe don't have six hundred dollars to spend on one, there are other alternatives out there, and uh, these reviews kind of weigh everything. The um, the efficiency of the machine and the cost effectiveness of it and uh, how well it actually uh, delivers vapor. So check that out if you're interested. All right, good. Well, on to uh, our last uh, question here. This is uh, from email. So it's quite a bit more than 140 characters, but um, I'm going to cut right to the chase. All right. Uh, The question is how to order uh, seeds securely. So uh, this gentleman has seen sites like Attitude Seeds and BC Bud Depot. They say they could ship discreetly when you order from the web. Is there more to it than that? Uh, Can I really order seeds from Amsterdam or Canada and have them shipped to my house without attracting suspicion? I'm in Oregon, if that makes a difference. We get this a lot. What What do you think? Well, uh, yeah, we get
0: this a lot. It's always a tough question for people. Um, the first thing I would say is never have seeds delivered to your grow location. You know, so if you have a friend not doing anything wrong, they're not going to go to jail for having seeds shipped to their house. I mean, they can't even prove that they ever, you know, asked for those seeds. So. If you have a friend that you can, you know, have the seeds shipped to their house, or or a separate site that you can have sh- seeds shipped to, it's always the best bet. Uh, there are a lot of companies that will ship seeds to America. There are many that won't, so you have to do your research and figure it out. Uh, I have my, you know, obviously the Seed Bank Hall of Fame at HighTimes.com will tell you the names of a lot of good companies. Our sponsor, uh, Ontario Seed Bank, are uh, a wonderful place to get seeds and. They have a spe- even specials for free weed listeners. Um, you being in Oregon, I mean, there's also a pretty good community of caregivers in Oregon that trade clones, that um, provide seeds. And there's farmers markets, cannabis farmers markets, and uh, of course my favorite, the uh, can- world-famous Cannabis Cafe in Portland. Um, so uh, definitely become a part of the you know community there especially if you're going to get your medical permits and everything and you, you you know you don't have to you don't have to hide and you can you know i think you can get great genetics right in your own backyard if you're in Oregon you know i've seen a lot of great stuff in that area and people are very willing to share so you can find stuff there you can order feel free to order seeds uh the worst thing that usually happens is uh either the seeds are crushed when they get through or you get a letter saying your seeds were seized. Nobody, there's no SWAT teams following these packages of seeds around. Um, so, yeah, don't worry too much about it. But if you do, you know, go with a company that you you trust. Do some research on the internet. Make sure it's not some fly by night operation. Don't get robbed and ripped off, and you should be fine.
1: Yeah. And so the main thing there is just not to have those seeds sent to the location where you will be growing them, right?
0: yeah I mean I would say if you're a medical patient it's it's probably not as big of a deal, but uh you know that's just a good kind of rule of thumb for almost any cannabis
1: uh cultivator all right. Well, that does it for Dear Danko. As we said earlier, please send us your grow questions or any other questions. Uh, you could tweet us. You could email us. You could Facebook us. Uh, can you can you clout us? You
0: can tumble
1: us. You can tumble Our us. Our song
0: is on SoundCloud, FreeWeed in its entirety. Check, Check it out. out.
1: Also, stick around for the wrap.
0: Yep, stick around. We're gonna wrap it up. righty well sad to say we got to put episode 12 into the into the bank but uh it's been fun thank you to all the guests thank you to comedian rob cantrell scott from rare dankness uh thanks to our sponsors ontario seed bank and bc northern lights uh yeah man thanks to big buddha thanks to Everybody who's listening, all our subscribers and listeners, you guys are awesome. We really love the support. Tweet us, Facebook us, all that stuff. We'll see you in LA at the cup there. And we'll be back with episode 13. In a at, some at some point. At some point, we will be yeah. back. Um, <laughs> but your support means a lot to us and keeps us you know, coming back to do these things. And we're very excited for episode 13 and beyond. Stick around free week <laughs> 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 I think it just to send that beyond <laughs> uh.